The words that you heard uh, Christ speak, Eli, Eli, Lama Shabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those have been prophesied. Psalm chapter 22, verse 1, it speaks those very things. It says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? God had to abandon God. It was required. It was a must. There was no other way for it to happen. God had to abandon God. Why? Because we know that sin and God cannot coexist with one another. And so it had to happen. We see it also in those those verses that were that were read from Isaiah chapter 53, that he was despised and rejected, that he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. Guys, we need to remember hundreds and hundreds of years before this is being prophesied because God ordained for it to be. And so it had to occur. All of these things had to come and happen Jesus had to come and completely live the human experience just as we do. And by, by doing so, we know that he saved us from the clutches of sin. We certainly recognize that there's no more dreadful moment in humanity that, than what was happening. Right this last Sunday, we were able to speak about on Palm Sunday the fact that Christ came up into Jerusalem for the very last time, for the last week of his life, and that he looked out over the city and it says that he wept, and he wept because he recognized part of the reason that he wept is he recognized the brokenness of the people, that they didn't really get it. And now he is having to be broken for our brokenness. Think of that. He is having to be broken for our brokenness because the Father, his Father, wanted us. But when I really think about the death of Jesus Christ, that's what I think of. What would cause the Son of Man to come and to offer his life, to take everything for us, for his Father to turn away from him, to forsake him, to abandon him? What would cause that? And it can only be a love that we cannot fathom. Last week I was was speaking about the fact that my daughter recently broke her arm. Um... And I was just, and she did a great job breaking both bones right in two. And I have her face to face, and I'm just telling her how much I love her, and I'm praying for her. And I, I cannot imagine in that moment saying, I'm sorry, but no. And turning and walking away from her. And yet that is what the Father because sin cannot exist with God, had to do to the Son. In that moment, evil triumphed. In that moment, evil triumphed. And when I think about the hurt, I think about the pain, I think about the suffering, I think about the abandonment that is being spoken about, every single 
part of it cries out the same thing. Jesus Christ chose, he endured your pain. It was the only way that it could take place. He chose to do that for you because you are wanted by the Almighty God. It's the only way to explain it, is that you are wanted, that you are loved, that you are cared for in a way that you cannot fully comprehend. And I don't know about, I don't know about every one of you, but... It feels good to be wanted. Because a lot of people don't feel that way. A lot of people have been somewhat disregarded by maybe a parent, maybe a spouse, maybe a child, maybe an employer, and you just don't feel wanted. But the only reason for Christ to take what he took for us is because he so badly, the Father so badly wants you. It's the only explanation. He loves you that much. He wants you that much. It doesn't matter what you bring to the cross. He can endure it. He already has. And some of us need to let that message soak in. You are wanted by God himself. It's a message that's hard for some of us to actually absorb because we feel the guilt of some of the things that took place and and we need to feel some of that right the book of acts and other places talks about how we crucified him and it's our sin that does that and we know that that's the case but we also know the other side of the story which is the fact that we are wanted he had to walk through that for us but we are wanted the second person of the trinity was cut off from God for you and for me. We know that the story doesn't end on Friday, but just think about if it did and how everything changes. The message of Christ, the message that was truly being screamed from the cross. It's words like, today you will be with me in paradise. It's words like, yes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But really the meaning of it is, I love you. I want you. Because we as humans did something despicable. Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, who I've spoken about numerous times. He, he wrote this book called The Cost of Discipleship, which I very much have gleaned so much depth from. He was in prison in the camps, the concentration camps in Germany. He was actually able to be freed at one point, and he was able to go to New York. And as he was there in New York after freeing those concentration camps, he recognized that there were so many people who needed to know the Lord who were still in the concentration camps. So he went back to Germany. And he was put back in concentration camps. 
And he began telling people about Christ there. And he began telling them about the love of the Father. And he began telling them about the power of Jesus. He basically started churches in the concentration camps. And the day before the war was over, he lost his life in that very place. But in a sermon on Good Friday in 1928, these are the words that he wrote. He says the following, and I want you to be able to see these here as I read them. He says, Good Friday is not the darkness that must necessarily yield to light. It is not the winter sleep that contains and nourishes the seed of life within. It is the day on which human beings, human beings who wanted to be like gods, killed the God who became human, the love that became person. The day on which the Holy One of God, that is God himself, dies, truly dies. Voluntarily, and yet because of human guilt. Without any seed of life remaining in him in such a way that God's death might resemble sleep. Good Friday is not, like winter, a transitional stage. No, it is genuinely the end itself. The end of guilty humanity and the final judgment that humanity has pronounced upon itself. Humanity aspired in pridefulness to be godlike. The prayer for us is that we aspire in humility to be servant-like. We need to absorb what this day is really about. We need to absorb what this day is really about. We need to remember it was less than 24 hours prior um, Christ was having the Last Supper with the disciples. And he was giving to them the bread and the cup. The wine and the bread. And he was giving them this because he was letting them know what was to come. And they didn't fully get it. We know that they didn't fully get it. But he's giving it to them and he's letting them know, here's my body which is broken for you, right? And he talks about the new covenant with with the cup as he passed that. And we take of communion, we take of the bread and we take of the cup to remember what he did. But also I think about that night before and as he passed, he predicted, he told of the things that were to come, he told of the betrayal that would happen. It was not long before that his own friends were turning against him. It's interesting to note that in some of the Gospels that are talking about his death, that some of his followers, they stood from afar. It's like they, they couldn't risk getting up too close because what if people saw them? What if, what if they became themselves in jeopardy of losing their own life or being imprisoned because they were associated with Christ? They stood from afar, but he endured all of it. Because you are wanted. 
And so this evening, we need to remember that we are wanted by the Almighty. Can you just say, I am wanted? Isn't that good to know? That you are wanted by God. And so this evening, we have an opportunity to share in communion where Christ just before his death, shared it with his followers. And we have an opportunity to reflect upon what Christ really did. Guys, I, I know that the tomb being empty is, is glorious. I get it. And that's coming. But we need to understand the depth of what took place for us to properly celebrate what he did. If you don't believe that, it's because of pride. And so we need to remember that Christ endured all that he suffered because we are wanted by the Almighty God, to be in a relationship with the Father, to be in a relationship with Him and to live with Him and to serve Him and to worship Him, not because we have to, we get to. We are wanted. And so this evening as we have that opportunity, and you're going to be invited, it's across the front, we have some elders, I'm going to go ahead and invite the, the elders to come forward and they're going to help and uh, they'll also be standing around and we're going to invite you guys to come and to share in this time. And all we ask is that you be a believer in Jesus Christ. That's it. It's something that we take very seriously here. And we're going to give you time just to come forward. And if you want to come to the altar, if whatever you want to do, they're going to spread out some. And as they do that, it's going to give you room. And we're going to want you to come forward. And if you want to go back to your seat with the cup and the bread, you can. And take it yourself. If you want to stay here for a while and pray, you can do that as well. But you need to remember that Christ himself endured all he did because you are wanted. You are loved by him. And so let's pray together. God, we come and we thank you for loving us so deeply. For caring for, caring for us so intimately. Lord, we thank you we thank you because we can't imagine having our father turn away from us thank you for caring so much in Christ's name.